Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Man Cave Mondays. Uh, I am Dan. We are back. It has been a while. I know it's been a while. Um, <laughs> took a few weeks off um, for, I mean, a, a ton of reasons. A lot of it was just uh, trying to coordinate our schedules and just life stuff coming up. And I'll let some of these guys get into it if they want to um, uh, for some of those reasons. But we are back and I am super excited about this conversation because there is so much that we have to get caught up on um, in talking about a last generation console. There was a new console generation that just started within the last few weeks, and we haven't talked about that at all yet. There's a lot to discuss, uh, as well as taking some time to reflect on uh, the past several years of gaming and what we've loved and what we haven't liked um, and and all that fun stuff. So I'm excited. Um, there's also some quick movie news stuff that's going on that I think would be fun to talk about right out the gate. But uh, let's bring in our panel for this week. First of all, our friend Christian. How you doing, sir? Doing well, doing well. How about Welcome yourself? back. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be back. Uh, do you want to explain people part of the reason why you were out? It's a little understandable um, and situational. Yeah, but, uh, ended up uh, me and me and my wife Lexi. We both came down with COVID, so we were, needless to say, out of commission for a couple weeks. Yeah, for um, sure. Um, those people out there who are thinking COVID is no big deal or is, a hoax or whatever, no, what, what are you very, very, very real and definitely not something to take lightly. <laughs> We, we were thankful to get a quote-unquote mild case because neither of us ended up in the hospital, obviously, but uh, not something I would wish upon even my worst enemy. Yeah, no joke, for sure. Yeah. Um, stay safe, wash your hands, wear a mask, right? Yep, like, exactly. You know, keep keep your distance when you can, work from home if possible, yeah. all that fun stuff. Exactly, just be, everybody be smart and be safe. Right, you know, um, it's, it's nothing political. It's just uh, fun common sense. It's facts, yeah, exactly. You know? And hanging out at home means you can hopefully get some time with the family and yeah, exactly. Maybe play some video games. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Um, a little bit. Yeah. Fun, fun stuff. Um, Bobby's with us. Bobby's <laughs> laughing, <laughs> laughing away. Co COVID's a reason to play video games. Are you are you laughing at my logic there? Or? Uh, well, I'm laughing because if you have if you have a family at home, it's hard to play video games. Ah, uh, be believe me, I know. Games. So you got to incorporate them into the video game experience. I'm not there yet. We're working on it. I know. It, it's a struggle. It. Believe Just me. The unplugged controller and tell them if they're playing. It's an uphill battle on, over at the over at this house, too. So I, I totally get it, dude. Um, <laughs> lots of crazy news happened since the last time we were in. Um, there's uh, we had, Well, for starters, we had a lot of fun playing Among Us. Yeah. That was, that a, was a blast. Yeah. I think... In hindsight, I am enjoying it more than I did in the moment. I was a little frustrated <laughs> in the moment with you know what? Uh, it was a, a few it, people. It was a new experience for us as a group. So that it was. That it was. Uh, and here's the funny thing. So I started thinking about this game and the concept of it. And then there was this crazy, um, crazy art that showed up um, about what the creature looks like if it's not so cartoonish. Yeah, it's terrifying. Oh my gosh! Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can find that. Well, did, did, you, did you think about this at the beginning of this year when quarantine first hit? Right, the go-to game was Animal Crossing. 
Everybody, right? everybody was, everybody all was playing that. Cool, building houses, it. love. It was this whole big thing, right? Now, yeah. seven months, eight months later, everybody's killing each other. That says yep. a lot about kind of. That's 2020 right there. Yeah. We go from wanting to lovingly build a civilization, build a civilization and, together yeah. to, nope, we've abandoned Earth completely and we're in space killing each other. Yeah. Pretty much. That's, uh, yeah, right. pretty much. Pretty much. Let me see if I can find where is this this crazy picture that I found. Is that the one that you posted in the uh, group? I thought I put it in the group, but it's not popping up for some reason. Let me see if I can find it. Um, but the the concept here, from what I realized, is among us is basically the the alien from the thing, like yeah. John Carpenter's the thing. Um, is is definitely that in space basically is what among us is that's the way i'm reading it anyway um and i'll i'll bring in alberto here because he's here with us um howdy alberto hey howdy hey welcome you look like you're in an actual good old-fashioned act like legit studio no no um i moved everything to a different little corner that's all <laughs> that well it looks sharp dude it's looking good thank you um among us mm-hmm John Carpenter's The Thing. Your thoughts? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred ten percent. Right. And hold on, hold on. Before we go any further, too, Dan Golson. What? Dude, you're rocking Watch Dogs t-shirt. I'm rocking a Watch Dogs t-shirt. This is specifically yeah, Walk Dogs or Watch Dogs too. What are the chances? Is it two? Is yours yeah. two as well? Yeah. yeah dude. That was such good. a step up from the first one, and I have yet to That's play sure. the new one. I was noticing Black Friday. It's going on sale for like thirty bucks. Oh, they always do. They always do. All of Ubisoft, the, the, all yeah, of Ubisoft the, the, the stuff like half games off. and the yeah, exactly all that yeah, stuff. Exactly. So That's why I, you, ne- you never buy a Ubisoft game at launch. It's always going to be fifty percent off within the, like three months. Right. So and it's going to um, be super buggy at launch, anyways. So oh, they're always buggy, and that kind of ties into our conversation for later, which we'll talk about what we hated about this last generation consoles and then maybe what we're thankful for because there was some pretty cool stuff. We have time. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Right. Maybe we might have to like cut the conversation off at like nine, 10 and say, okay, now we're transitioning to what we're thankful for because it's Thanksgiving this coming week. So we might as well positivity try and end on a little positive note, especially since this is 2020 and the year has been just, it's let's look on, let's end let's end in the positive like let's let's focus on that so uh, r- r- real quick question for bobby bobby have you been in this previous generation of gaming at all i know you've said you've been out of the loop for a little while the last time i own a playstation 2 i think i own a playstation 2 because okay. it had a dvd player okay um oh yeah yeah i i've played it when i was at dan's house you know, right, i okay. haven't really been you know, in the I, loop I've had, for a while. in the loop. Yeah, no, I mean, I I enjoy the news. I play it. I enjoy it. I stay connected. Right. Not, I'm not okay. nothing like on your on gotcha. your level, but okay. I try to at least stay enough. So if I hear a name, I'm like, okay, they're talking about X Y Z. Got it. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. 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 That makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. Um. There's the picture. There's the picture. Okay, let me see if I can share this. I put this on my Facebook. It's terrifying. 
It is like when you think about in real life, this is this is freaking horrifying right here. If I can, the creature. If I can find it, yeah. Like, no, that's not the right one. Come on. You mean the Google home screen? Google home screen is absolutely horrifying. I Yeah, of course it is. Um, why is it not working? This is ridiculous. I'm just, I'm a moron. That's what it comes down to. You know what this is? Dude? Here it is. Bam. Oh, terrifying. Like, look at that. Look at that. How uh, is best, that? And Well, the best thing about this is, is that is an actual kill animation from right. Among Us. Exactly. Just That's realistic. legit what it looks like, like only less cartoonish. Yeah. Like if it was real life in realism. And good lord, if that's not John Carpenter's the thing. Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. Maybe totally. even a little alien-esque. I mean maybe I don't I don't I I'd say Just, it's definitely I would more. I would say with the design of it it gives it a little bit of that like alien tongue kind of yeah, vibe for sure. But uh, going back to our horror movie conversation, John Carp Carpenter's The Thing is one of my all time favorite horror movies for sure. So like I'm starting to have a different level of appreciation for this game. <laughs> um, and here's the funny thing. I saw some clips on YouTube of somebody who created a free free-to-play version and they're hoping that they don't get hit with some kind of copyright or something but um version of among us that's uh third person you know um like cgi polygon graphics is that the and, vr version yeah it makes it look like more real real life i don't was it first person first person, yeah, first per person? Yeah, the virtual reality first one? person yeah, yeah that might yeah, be yeah, the yeah. one i'd play that yeah, Dude, that, that looks terrifying. That. Yeah, when um, people have been people have like, I mean, as any any time there's some sort of game that becomes extremely popular, people port it into anything that they can. Right. There's been like they come up with their own versions version that have been made yep. and like all sorts of stuff like that. So it's been pretty crazy, especially considering that game came out. I think it was like three years ago, and like it's just now hit like the mainstream popularity. It's crazy. It just goes to right. show like what 2020 can do. <laughs> Yeah. Um, not not the least of which, and this is directly to the source, this will change the conversation a little bit. But speaking of crazy things we never thought would happen, but it's 2020. Um, Wonder yeah. Woman 1984 got pushed all the way back to Christmas Day and is releasing in theaters and on HBO Max, if you can find a theater, that's, if you can find a theater, if you can find a theater, right? If you can find a theater that's open, um, what are your guys' thoughts on this? This move, it's, it's a flop. It's a flop because you think the movie's a flop, or you think they, it's a risky so, move that is going to be so. A flop? This is so. I was listening. I don't know. I like. I like listening to the YouTube channel, The Critical Drinker, and he's a professional writer who. That does some. I'll drink uh, to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, he has this. He has this whole uh, shtick where he's this. He's this Irish drinker, and he's criticizing movies. And he made this theory saying the only reason Wonder Woman is being pushed to December twenty fifth and being released on whatever it can because 
it needs to make money. So right now the loans, uh, because movie studios, they don't take their money. Um, they don't do this out of pocket. They're just getting loans from banks, from other oh, investors. Right. Yeah. And they well, have to make producers. Up their- producers are the ones that are putting up the money. They're, right. You know, exactly. executive producers, yeah. especially. So they, they're need the to, they need to it, make so. up their money fast. And right now, the best pre-COVID, the best way to make your money on a big budget movie is the theaters. And they have right. to be number one for a couple of weeks. So right now, this is why Disney's holding off on Black Widow and all those. Yeah. They know these big budget, they need to hit big and they need to make as much money as possible. They're so, not going to make as much money. So they're just hedging their bets and they're getting whatever they could. So when you right say now. that it's a flop, what yeah, do you mean exactly I by mean, that? Do you mean so financially is, or do you mean the movie itself is going to be awful and no one's going to want to see it? Probably that. You know, that's what, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm going on Bobby. what this guy said. I, I don't <laughs> want it to be a flop. I don't Dude, want it to be a flop. Here's Th- what I'm thinking. This I'm, movie I don't is going to be fantastic. This is very clearly a a move to keep people who have subscribed to HBO Max happy. It, I it, think there's a component to that for sure. It, because otherwise, um, because right or, now, or at the very least for those who are on the fence about whether or not it would be worth it. Yeah. To There's push them more towards, oh, okay, well, I'll give it yeah. a try for like a month. Yeah. Watch Wonder Woman and see if there's other stuff on there that keeps Yeah, them and there. then they're, yeah, they're hoping that then other stuff will keep them locked in. And yeah. then also, I, I'm expecting that before the end of the year, we're going to get an official release date for the Snyder Cut. I think so. So, I I'm, think so. so then they'll drop this at the end of the year and people will say, oh, well, Snyder Cut's coming in whatever, March, April, whatever. I'll yeah. just keep my subscription until then. There's and enough movies. The other the other side of that coin too is all of the DC Universe online exclusive content is slowly making its way yeah, over. Exactly. Um, yeah, you got your Titans, which which is to be movies. honest, as someone who signed up right away once the Snyder Cut got announced, because I was like, Well, I've been harping on this for three years. I better yeah. put my money where my mouth is and let them know I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing that's kept me there the entire time um has been the DC Universe Online stuff. Yeah. Um, that stuff coming over has been awesome. Yeah. Like the Which Harley Quinn, the Harley Quinn cartoon. I was yeah. on the fence as to whether or not that was going to be really all that great. It's not canonical with any of the other animated stuff. It's like its own thing. Its own universe. Yeah. Um, and so right off the bat, I was like, ah, I yeah. don't know. I'm really invested in the whole like animated universe. I've got all the movies and I, yeah. I'm, like I love all of that stuff that they've been doing. And I'm like, I don't know if it's not connected with any of that. I don't know if I'm all that into it. Decided to give it a shot. And I was hooked from the very first episode. Like it is absolutely a mature adult focused series. And it, they knocked it out of the park. I'm like, wow, this is unlike any other DC animated anything. And arguably like, unlike any DC anything that we've seen visually um, outside of some of the comic books. So she's the Deadpool of the, um, of the DC universe. Kind of. Well, I mean, the closest thing on, I would say on film, on film, they're definitely trying to scratch that same kind of itch on the DC side that, I mean, birds of prey was definitely more, you you got that vibe for sure. But it was that that they announced Deadpool three. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. With the Bob's Burgers writers. Yeah. 
which is which, an interesting yeah. point. Yeah, um, I mean, and supposedly, but supposedly Ryan Reynolds only only said he would agree to it if Disney agreed to keep it rated R. So, all right, we'll, we'll see. I, I believe that too. Yeah, we'll um, see. I, but going back to to Harley Quinn, I was, I, this animated series, she's definitely not Deadpool. I mean, it's very true to her character. Don't get me That's wrong. Um, but but I, I don't know. Like, they handle her character very well. And there's a lot of stuff that they touch on in the comics. And a lot of the crazy dynamics between her and the Joker. And just intense violence in the direction they go. With a lot of risky decisions that would have extreme ripple effects canonically. Um, and they're just like, nope, this is its own thing. Do it whatever you want. More freedom. Yeah, and that makes it so good. Yeah. It makes it that much better. I'm like, wow, I think that was a risky choice they did. It's kind really? of like it's kind of like the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, right? The fact that it's not tied in or connected to anything else that we know gives of. you a lot. Well, yeah, that we know of gives it a lot more freedom to kind of set its own rules. Yeah, well, Alberto, you've been very quiet. Yeah, I'm curious just... what your thoughts are. Have you seen um, any of the DC? universe online stuff yet or no no so far harley quinn's been on my two watch list i started watching really the episodes good. of doom patrol and i did enjoy it but i think as far as dc goes the most i've invested my time into outside of just the movies were was the watchman show and i mean also really good yeah i mean that one's probably my absolute favorite one of the bunch um i really like the direction they they went with so I don't know. I I haven't really kept up too much with a lot of like the shows. I'm mainly because I'm waiting for Christmas time because that's the time when yeah. I start like binge watching all those shows that have like twenty something episodes in every single season. Right. Because you have all the time in the world to do it. Right. Then. Well, that was uh, like I had a day. I had a day off, mm -hmm. and I was at home by myself. And I don't know if anybody's been keeping up with some of the stuff I've been sharing in the group, but I'm working on this Nintendo Entertainment table. Yeah, a coffee table that I'm turning. I, I put an NES in, and almost done, almost done. But the major legwork that I had to do with getting the actual system like installed into the table itself, that was like a whole day's worth of stuff. So I just stuck Harley Quinn on and binged it all day long while I was working on the table. Um, definitely binge worthy stuff, Alberto. Like, there's really good stuff out there. Um, do you like how they and I'm. Do you mind if I go into a little bit of a spoiler territory into Harley Quinn? For the show? Yeah, in terms of some of the direction. Like, they made, like, Robin... Well, I guess we'll let people know. Spoiler spoiler alert. Yeah. They kind of yeah. made Robin her, her foil. I mean, yeah. Yeah. They they definitely take and, and they, and Robin they did a... in a slightly different direction. Um, that's... And and they very and they made everyone even Batman. I want not to say more like a Lego type Batman, but more of an adult. There's version. well, okay. So the show as a whole um, has more humor added to it, um, and I think one of the things that's really important to keep in mind while you're watching it is that since it's a Harley Quinn show. Um, a lot, I think I picked up on the fact that a lot of the characters and a lot of the interpretations of the characters could 
easily be interpreted as her view of those characters, her view of those people. Um, so when you're talking about her interactions with Robin and it's a young Robin, it's the new, um, it's Damien, Damien Wayne, Robin, uh, she's looking at him as this bratty, annoying little kid, you know, or Batman being this guy that is just way, way, way too serious. And so in her mind, she's like, well, he's got a, he's got to have a sense of humor down in there somewhere. And so he's, I, I, I view that the, the way I was interpreting it the entire time was each of these characters. It's a, it's a hilarious show. It's It's an extremely violent show language all over the place deals with a lot of really intense and mature themes too. Um, and they do a really good job of keeping it balanced, which is something I was hesitant of. That's part of the reason why I had a hard time going in in the first place. I'm like, well, if it's if it's not taking Batman serious enough, I'm out. If it's just jokes left and right and that's all it is, eh, not really interested in that because that's not DC for me. But but it wasn't. It wasn't. It was a really good balance of all of it. So anyway. I think Wonder Woman 84 is going to be an amazing success. I think it'll However be However you judge time, that, but it, it's arguably going to be the largest movie to be basically coming only to streaming services. Let's be honest. There's not many theaters that are open in I think, North America. I think the theater component to it, I think to be honest with you, I don't think the theater side of it has anything to do with actually making money. No, I think the um, theater side. Well, I think the theater side is going to make them money in other parts of the world that are reopened. Right. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. I think in the United States, it's going to be the reason why they're releasing the it. The reason why they're releasing it in theaters is because they want to have some components of it be up for Oscar nominations, whether yeah. it's costume design. Well, or right. Well, and it, when also sound you design about it, or re- whatever. Releasing effect. it on Christmas Day is a great timing. Everybody's too. at home, and yeah, you can drop. I, I, like like 10, like, 15 like, bucks to get a four week subscription. Try it right, out. I mean, exactly. that's, that's like way Alberto more said, than you would pay to go to the people theater. are not doing anything. They're binging stuff. They're watching stuff. Some people are much more likely to say, oh, let's give one of the new Wonder Woman yeah. movie a try when they're all sitting around on Christmas. And it's a smart. Out. I mean, it is it, business wise. It's a pretty smart strategy. Yeah. Well, and really something like, that draws people to your platform. And while a lot already of, there. Like, and, I, like I get I get HBO Max included with my AT&T. Internet. There you go. So, there you like, go. there's a lot of people who aren't even paying for it, but they'll be more likely to watch their product, and then it'll loop them into other things. Mm-hmm. There you go. But so, I do I mean because it's got. I mean, look at all these other DC properties that are there. Right? Yeah, we've got exactly. Man of Steel. We've got Wonder Woman. We've got Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition. Birds of Prey is on there. Shazam yeah, they, is on I there. Mean, I mean, like, DC, I mean, Warner Brothers is definitely starting to spread into really trying to capitalize on HBO Max. Yeah. You hear all these different series that are supposedly in the works. You're supposedly the Ben Affleck. The ones that are already out that are apparently getting all kinds of awards because they're really good. So I think that it's it's Lovecraft Lovecraft Country is apparently really good. I have. Yeah, it's very clear when you look at Disney with the Marvel Universe and Warner Brothers with the DC Universe that they are definitely leaning much heavier into the streaming side much quicker. 
Whereas Disney with all the Marvel stuff is trying to take their time, which is kind of an example of how the DC and the Marvel universes have been the entire time. Right. But um, yep. I would say I, I'm excited. I think I think Wonder Woman's going to be a good movie. But I will say I do think we should try to dive into the actual topic for today. Totally agree. Totally agree. Video games. Last generation. Seven Xbox years. One. PlayStation 4. And technically the Wii U. Wii U slash Switch. I don't know that I'd throw the Switch in there. I mean, Switch has been out for, what, at least three years now, right? Two years. Wait, let me look. Years? I, I was focused mainly on Xbox. Three and years, games. maybe. Nintendo's kind of weird to include in general because they just kind of do their own thing. The Nintendo Switch came out March 3rd, 2017. Also. Okay, so yeah, like three health, years. Well, there was a uh, Vita, rest in peace. And, yeah, oh, poor, poor and the, the, the 3DS and... Yeah. 2DS and so 3DS Wii U, XL Wii U and 2DS XL and the new the 3DS X- 2012. 2012. So so Wii U was around for for a little over half. Yeah. 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 Mostly yeah. the Wii U, but I think I think you'd be naive to not mention some of the bigger Switch titles. Yeah, but, especially. I mean, most of the Switch titles, most of the most of the Wii U titles that are worth anything have made their way over to the Switch in one form or another. Right, exactly. So, so that's why I, w- I would say I would say we should at least mention it and and consider it as part of the last year. While it is still going, it's current. It was, gen- yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's been around for three years. I'm I'm with Dan though because I remember working at GameStop and as soon as the Switch came out, like all the employees collectively, without us even saying it, in our heads were like. Okay, like the the next the next generation is starting with this. starting right now, and they're right. and they're it's getting right. a head and they're getting a head start. But at the same time, we've said it a hundred times in this in this, in this show that Nintendo's always kind of just been like the cool cousin in the sidelines. They've been doing their own thing the whole time. Uh, they're all a part of the conversation and, and part of the fun, but um, they they've you know, never really been in the fight. Yes, exactly that. They've they've kind of always just been around doing their own thing. Yeah, it's always been. I mean, it's why it's always kind of been Microsoft versus Sony, and then Nintendo's kind of just been there. Nintendo's yeah. very content to just do their own thing and make their money. And they have they been because they're, they're. I mean, they're. Yeah, yeah they're they're targeting they, towards. They they aren't trying to gain the same audience. No. Mm-hmm. It's a completely I, different audience. That I will say, I think track. they they read the room um, in the same way that I think Microsoft has been. Uh, they just were a little bit ahead of the game when it came to all digital and portable gaming. Um, yeah. And people wanting to take it everywhere. Yeah. Um, they've, they've always definitely been the dominant presence when it came to handheld. Um but I do think it's important to to recognize the fact that the Switch was a major step in people getting used to the idea of gaming on a device that's about this size, taking it wherever you want, and having an all digital library. Like, yes, they got cards. Yes, they got carts. Same, you know, cartridges or whatever. Yeah. Same as 3DS and all that stuff. But we're being honest most 
people who have a switch and use it as a, a portable device that they take with them everywhere, they're not lugging around a whole pocket full of cartridges. No, they've got a massive SD card that they put in a micro SD card into their yeah. system and they're all just on their digital. Yeah. Well, I mean, so. yeah, I mean, Nintendo has always kind of been the only horse in the handheld gaming race. Sony's tried a couple different times to get their foot in the door. Sega Microsoft, tried a little bit back in the yeah, day. Microsoft's but... never really tried. No. Nope. So Nintendo has always kind of, that's been their kind of niche. That's been their audience. Right. So what, so what is out of, out of the past, what, seven years? Seven years. Yeah. 2013 to 2020. What have been, let's, let's start with the terrible stuff. Because we're going to end on a positive note. Because it's yep. Thanksgiving, and we're going to be thankful. So yes. uh, we're going to end on that note. Um, you, but yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, do you want any of the metrics about the units sold? Yes. The number of games sold. Whenever you guys are ready for that, yes. I don't know how to kind of. Do you have that, that right now? I do. Yeah. When let's let's go the there, Bobby. Yeah. Why don't I, we start with metrics? Do you have it on your about. screen to share it with us, I or do you want to just run one. the numbers? Okay. No, I'm going to share my screen. I got nice little graphic graphics that I made for you guys in Excel. Sweet. Dude. Because so, I awesome. actually did. I, I This actually will tie in with, with the, the game sold. will actually tie in to a point that I was going to be making as well. Okay. So I'll be able to kind so, of. There it is. There it is. Copy. So cool. this is the number of games available on each last gen system. The number of games available. Number of game titles available. Yes. Game titles. That's amazing to look at right this is just i hadn't even considered that so number of game titles available you know and this doesn't it's not considered like shared whatever just available titles so right so obviously there's crossover in a lot of these titles yes yeah Yeah. so there's that then we're going to look at the number of units actual physical units sold yeah so these are the number of physical units sold in millions when i look this up and this is all from and that's I mean, we all know that number. Um, I mean, we don't maybe know it for sure, but um, we knew PlayStation, as far as the number of consoles sold, um, was substantially more uh, than everybody else. Um, This is consoles we're talking of, right? Console units, right. And then I have top 15 games from each system. on a um, per unit. So if we're okay. looking at the top 15 titles for each system and how they sold in the millions. Okay. So PlayStation had the most top 15 titles sold. Okay. You know, so whatever we right, had out of their 15 top, this games, is their yeah. top in units sold. Correct. Out of Xbox top 15 titles, 80 million were sold or um, 80.53 million. Out yeah. of we we use uh, top, you know, top fifteen. It's fifty four point eight one million. And I think that right there, in of itself, goes towards the point that you've been making for a long time, Dan. And that's that Microsoft and Xbox aren't going for the big solo titles. They're not going for the big. They're just trying to get the big. They're trying to get a big right. audience. They're trying to get you a big get, player base. They're 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 all about the. So, uh, let me ask this, Bobby. Maybe you can clarify. Maybe you don't know the answer. But when we're talking about number of games available, 
Um, can you go back to that one? Number of yeah. games available. Um, is that title. Xbox One title games? That's not counting backwards compatibility, I'm guessing, right? No, I, this is, again, this is from uh, Wikipedia. So they said, okay. I when I looked up Xbox One games available, it said 2,617 titles. So I would, I would imagine that was that's games that were released for right, the Xbox, Xbox One. One. Yes, yeah. right. Which so might include, not... which might include some, like a probably a handful of games that were remastered from 360 right. and that sort of and, stuff. And that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, think... obviously, obviously, Xbox. If you include all of their backwards compatible games. The number of titles available on that system is, is ridiculous. Yeah, astronomically that, above. No, but both of them. I, yeah. even I'm not going to attempt to say that Sony right. is. Again, we've talked about this before in the kind of the like the PS5 versus Xbox Series X episodes that Sony is very clearly going for the first party heavy games. You need to buy a console to play this game. Right. And Microsoft is going for the, hey, we've got anything you could possibly want to play and you can play it wherever you want, pretty much. They're going for yep. the ease and the accessibility, whereas Sony's going for the exclusivity. Yep. So, so I think that that in of itself is like like you said it's it's the different mindsets and the different goals and they've clearly right. been kind of going on that split for a while now like sony's been very slowly kind of setting up their their stance as a if you want to play these games you need a playstation console right and, and xbox i mean I, I we can kind of veer off into this later on when we get to like the best parts of the last generation. But I pulled up a list of the like exclusives mm -hmm. from each console and the list of heavy hitters for Sony compared to the list of exclusives that Microsoft released this generation. It's oh, I'm sure it's it's radically different. Yeah. So I think that that I don't think show... anybody with anybody with any common sense would argue against yeah. that. No, but so it's, just, um, it's just showing the difference in mindsets. And I think that, yeah. you know, I think even as this generation progresses, as the new generation progresses, it's going to become even of a wider gap. Right. I do think, though, and I mean, obviously, you guys can disagree with me. You might disagree with me. Um, I think, though, the exclusives on the whole PlayStation definitely dominated this past generation. I think the majority of multiplayer exclusives, Microsoft still holds the cards on that. What do you um, mean? I don't think there are any exclusive games on PlayStation that have as intense a I got you. Multiplayer got you, yeah. focus. Yeah. Like a lot of the major first party exclusives that are on Xbox. Xbox. Yeah. The Halo you know, and Gears of War. Halo, Gears of War. Now that I mean, Sea of Thieves is taken off pretty big now yeah, with all of that. Right. So, Which I so think like, is why Sony made that partnership with Activision and Call of Duty. Right. To say, okay you want some bonuses playing call of duty, you need a PlayStation console. Right. Mm -hmm. 
because Sony is, yeah, you're right. Sony is much more on the, their exclusives are, are the single huge, player experiences. They're even some major single player. Yeah. Even, and even the ones that, that do have a multiplayer component, last mm-hmm. of us, right. Uncharted, uncharted, right. Yeah. Nobody's buying those games because they love the multiplayer only. Right. You know what I yeah, mean? exactly. Like, those aren't, yeah, those aren't, it, it, you, you Whereas have, some people are going to buy Gears of War or buy Halo or yeah. whatever because they really don't give a rat's rear end about the campaign. They yeah, just want to have on millions. Uh, you have millions of people who are only going to buy the new Halo to play multiplayer. Right. They'll, they might never touch the campaign. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's kind of like, I mean, with the new Call of Duty game, the campaign doesn't even download right, right. away. It's you can choose to download it first. Right, exactly. So, 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 what is it about this last generation that that we are not so thankful for? What are some of the weaker parts of the, stuff that came out of this? The last lack generation? of pay to play. Like, pay to play is a great one. Pay to play. Thank you, loot, Bobby. Loot boxes. Sorry, that's boxes, kind of the big thing crate. that I know I'm aware of, especially when yeah. it comes to the Star Wars um, Battlefront. Two. Battlefront Two. Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah. if, that was. Um, Hopefully you, they've learned their lesson. Although I think are they still, have. If people I play, are still dishing out all kinds of dough on FIFA. Like, what? A, if there are any FIFA fans watching in the comments, please explain yourself. Any like, year, any <laughs> yearly. Why are we dropping that much yeah. money every year on a roster update, and then dumping all of these microtransactions? Like it. Anyways. Yeah. Sports games should be once every like five years, a brand new game, and it should just be roster updates every year between that. That just makes way too much sense, Christian. You, yeah, you're fired now. Yeah, (laughs) you can't work at EA, that's for sure. You're making way too much sense, right? Well, but you know what, though, it's the same thing like a new Call of Duty game every year, or the new people are buying it, so they're gonna keep doing it. All about merchandising, merchandising, yeah. merchandising. Right. Spaceballs, the cup. Spaceballs, yeah. the t-shirt. Spaceballs, exactly. the yogurt. May the Schwartz be with you. Exactly. Alberto, what do you got? Anything? Yeah, what do you think, dude? Last generation, what is the biggest, like, disappointment for you? Mm. I'm trying to think. Um, it's more of a personal one. Uh, I think a, a, a personal grip I had was... Not, not a gripe, but I guess a disappointment. Um, there wasn't really anything coming out from Rare. Um, I really did love the Rare studio and their products. Um, mm-hmm. I love Bench Kazooie, Conquer, and the list can go on. But um, well, Sea of Thieves is rare, isn't it? Well, well, yeah, but but that's the thing. It's like the we list established Rare. It's like it's like out of the list of IPs they could have pulled from, they they really didn't do too much aside from Rare Replay. And mm-hmm. that, and that, and, and like kind of like that fan project conquers level in Spark. Um, well, and, and the Killer Instinct, and, and Killer Instinct, and Battle Toads, the new Battle Toads that just came out, right? So, but that's the thing; it's like almost not a ton. Way. You're right, yeah, not exactly. a ton that's like grabbing everybody's attention. Um, that's but so like the entire generation. What I was constantly waiting for, I was really hoping for. Um, Xbox to really start diving back and almost fighting Nintendo back on their own court with maybe pulling like a Banjo Kazooie or pulling a Conquer or maybe going forward like that old school Golden Eye feel with Perfect Dark again. And uh, the whole time, like unfortunately, I think um, 
this can be a conversation in a little bit too, but like Xbox initial footing and then Phil Spencer coming in, kind of just like reshaping the focus and everything. Yeah. It was it was a huge, huge change for all for the better. Biggest but, one of the biggest disappointments for me as a big Xbox guy was I mean, still the launch of the Xbox One. Yeah. Um, it was it was a huge it was it was so confusing and yeah. pissed so many people off. Um, Xbox and Sony kind of flipped places this gen this last really, generation compared kind of to kind of the compared to the previous one, yeah. Because mm -hmm. you had you had you had Xbox 360 and PS3, where Xbox 360 released an entire year before the PS3, yeah. And then PS3 comes out and it's two hundred dollars more expensive, yeah. And granted, when it came out, it had a real a, arguably one of the best launch lineups. But I mean, yeah. So, but then, yeah, like, you, like the Xbox One's launch then was very comparable to the PS3's launch. Just a lot of a, a lot of angry a lot fans, of, a, a lot, lot of mistakes being made. But yeah, a lot of mistakes. Here's being the made. thing, though. I think, I think a lot of that was because Microsoft recognized where the industry was going and was trying to push people there rather than drop. People weren't, re people weren't ready for it. Right. Not only were people not ready for it, but you don't push people into it. No. You draw them in. I mean, it's kind of like it attractive. It's kind of like the Wii U and the Switch are almost the exact same thing. The Switch just did a better job. Right. Or, I mean, when you look so at people, again, so, people weren't ready. So let's look at, okay, all of the things that everybody was really, really ticked off about the Xbox One when it came out. Always online. Yep. That was a big issue, right? Arguably the biggest um, issue. The digital rights management and not being able to share your games and the whole licensing issue, right? People yeah. had an issue with that, right? Um, the connect, right? People were like, I don't want to have to have a connect. That shouldn't be a requirement, right? Mm -hmm. um, I would argue those are the three major flops yeah. for the release of the Xbox One policy-wise as a company. Um, the only one of those three in my mind that that has been essentially reversed completely as, as the connect yeah and that's it digital rights management that's how it is now yeah. like yeah sure you can get a physical disc you can buy it you can trade it whatever that didn't necessarily change but as far as the way that games themselves are installed on your device and the way that you play them the disc is basically just an access key now after you install it. it you're not playing, you're not playing yeah. games off of the disc at all. You're just sticking it in there to say, yes, I have the legal right to play this, but you're still actually playing it off of the system. Yeah, exactly. And that's the I way mean, that it is moving forward, right? right? It, it might as well be the plastic case. You open it up and it's download code. Right. That's like, exactly it's, right. That's might as exactly well be right. what it is. And and as far as always online, as a company, they didn't enforce that. But every single developer out there is now enforcing that on their own. Yeah, like that's exactly how it is. Try disconnecting your Xbox One or Series X or your PS4 or PS5 from the Internet and see how many games you can play. Not, Not very all. many, no. even single or see how many games you can play at their best. Right. Even oh, off like, of a disc. Yeah. Right. Some even features off of a disc. might be disabled and some updates aren't going to be. Exactly. That, like... So like that's the way that the industry is now. Yeah. 
as much as everybody was pissed off about it seven years ago when Microsoft was reading the room and said, hey, this is where everything's going. Um, they were right. Yeah, They're but again, right. Like but they said, tried to push they people. To, yeah, they were trying to force it on people instead of letting people get accustomed to it because it was such a large jump from the way people were used to it being. Right. People were used to the previous generation where online was just kind of viewed as this multiplayer hub. It wasn't really even viewed as. A, this social space. It was mostly just viewed as, hey, yeah, let's go play multiplayer. Right. And so they were trying, they, they, you said, yeah, they read the room and they knew where it was going and they knew what was coming, but they forced it on people too right. quickly. I think Phil Spencer definitely changed he's, it for the better. He's, uh, uh, he's, I would argue he saved Microsoft. Saved Xbox. Saved X. Well, yeah. yes. Saved Microsoft, <laughs> saved Microsoft in the console race. Yeah, because Alberto, if, if, what do you think? If, if he hadn't come in, well, I, mean, I don't feel like this is becoming the me and Christian show. I don't want it to do that. What do you think? Um, Xbox start? Did they did they redeem themselves, or are they? I think in I think a better place now. What do you think? I think they're all on the right foot now. Um, yeah, I mean, like you guys have already kind of hit everything on the head that the start, and I remember that EA conference watching it at my neighbor's house and him and I turned to each other when they were announcing all this stuff. And we're like, we're not going to get anything now. And if we did, it would not be Xbox specifically because of that conference. And it took several years before we actually warmed up to the system because there was just so much we didn't like from it. Um, And Sony was getting so many easy jabs and so many easy wins. Like I remember when they showed up for their conference, they didn't even talk about their system first. They just talked about, everything that they were going to do that Xbox wasn't going to do. So all the layup. Yeah. All they did for 30 minutes was you can use this games. You can share games with your friends, no DRM. And that's all they did for 30 minutes with a bunch of cheers. So I was just thinking, man, you literally just gave them your paycheck and just said, she's like, here, go spend it on a new TV and couch. And it was a big bummer, but um, that's something that I'm glad is a little bit fixed up. Um, Maybe you guys haven't been in, didn't keep up with with this specific thing but one thing i'm glad about that is finally gone and it i would say this past gen really brought it on a good thing is that like for example like nintendo brought amiibos they're fun they're collectibles for some people it became like a really huge crazy thing but i think they're just fun for those people that want to get them but amiibos and the was it skylanders was a huge thing or and that's exactly exactly what i'm going to say though i worked at gamestop during that time (laughs) <laughs> and we and and we took in trades. We took in the actual action figures of Skylanders, Disney Infinity, all series, all series of Skylanders, and we had to type in every single character that whenever a mom came by and brought bins and Dan, I mean bins of Skylanders. <laughs> like, they all look my the same. kid's done with these, and they didn't have like a barcode like a game would that you no, could scan it. None in. of them had a barcode. Oh. And it sucked because, like, you're like, here's a lava creature. And then you, we had a big binder of just Skylanders, and we had to flip through it and be like, okay, it's a green color base, which means it's from this series. That Let me look at this fire guy. Let me type in the skew. That's, ter- that's terrifying. So, that's so basically, what that's done. Say, yeah. So, basically, what I'm trying to say is that one thing I'm, I'm, I did not like from last gen was all of these figures. And just a huge influx that just ended up coming up in the market. Everybody started where, you know, Lego. 
started doing yeah. their own thing for a while. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. I'd be lying if I told you I don't have Amiibos and Disney Infinity's, you know, characters I, myself. I've got some of the worse. Disney ones because I think they look cool on my shelves. Really, is all it is. I don't. We're oh, not playing man. the game, but Dan working during that time, there was this guy who co- he was he introduced himself as a Skylanders collect like like collector, and he came in and we had a whole clearance bin of it, a big, gigantic, three and a half, four foot tall. Like, uh, did he buy it out? Did he clear he, it out? He cleared it out, and then he got upset because the promotion didn't work out how he had on his loosely sheet of paper that he wrote out all the math. So then he yelled at me, my manager, and said, I want you to ring this back up one more time. I know it's supposed to be like $11 cheaper. And and then $11? I'm like, and I'm just that telling him, I was like, listen, I get paid pennies here. Wasn't he it Karen? Like, I'll give you eleven dollars to leave me and never come back. That's what. And, it, and then before you say it's like, okay, just take eleven dollars off the transaction for him for free. The problem is that if you try to price edit that promotion, which was like a buy two get three, it messed up which ones came out for free, which then oh. only messed up his price for him again. Buy two is, get three free, and he was he, arguing about eleven dollars. Eleven dollars. I was Lord, so upset. Dude. So when I, say, ass man. when I say that, like, I hated the whole influx and avalanche that just came of these little action figures for the games. Some of them I were adorable. I totally understand it, dude. But oh my goodness gracious, there were too much. There yeah. were too much. Let's just be thankful that Pokemon never gotten into that. Bro, oh, God. Oh, yeah. That would have, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so go ahead, Bobby. What about the quality of the games on the release date? Because do you oh, think yeah. that because game developers knew that they could update the game so they didn't have a fully polished product. They had a working product, but they rushed it out so Sometimes. fast. And then all the, all the people of, who bought Batman Arkham uh, Knight on PC, you're still not playing it. Because the thing was broke, and they gave everyone their money back on yeah, Steam, or like the, the like library, the, the like three years of Assassin's Creed right. games that right. didn't work. Like, oh. and they they never gave them their money back, or they gave them their money back, but you're still not playing it. So, but the th- that's the pro- I think that was the one problem. I guess last gen systems, or and hopefully they fixed it. And you guys can probably speak to this that they're making better quality games on release. I think the only people you know, who are, are worried about bad? that is uh, Nintendo. They're, they definitely, hands down, have the best. Um, it's not perfect. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like, I've, I feel like online gaming and internet downloads and all digital related stuff has Nintendo has is- made everybody get extremely lazy when it comes to this stuff 100%. compared to who they used to be. But Nintendo is definitely the best as far as like the game comes out and it works. And that's there isn't because Nintendo has the worst post game launch support. Oh yeah, that's true. They don't that's, support that's their sure. games, ever. right? They and release then, it, and maybe there'll be an update for it. Yeah, with which DLC, that's, which that's but, because Nintendo that's is it. stuck in like 2004 with their online system, right? Yeah, pretty much. But I definitely, yeah, just to add to like Bobby, like bringing up that that question, um, that is 100 percent true. I remember, like now, it's almost common language, the phrase "day one patch." Yeah. You yep. you might have heard that a little bit in the PS3 and 360 time. And you okay, you never heard that really on the PlayStation 2 and Xbox original. No, didn't you, exist. That started to come up in last, you know, the gen before. And now this yeah, yeah. gen, it was almost like 
Yeah, it's a day one patch, day one patch. And you became so, so accustomed to it. And Bobby's right. Like, I didn't realize that, like, they really kind of started cutting corners. Normalized. Yeah. And then even us as consumers, we're like, I know it's 60 bucks. (laughs) But there's gonna be a patch out for free, and I'll just you know I'll, I'll right. just download it and then. But it's so annoying when you you put a game in. Okay, it. so for me, I'm buying even on like launch days now. I'm focusing more digital, and we'll get into this conversation later. But I really can't stand it when you you buy a game the day it came out, get it home, stick it in the system. It takes forever to install the thing in the first place because the game itself is ginormous and then once it installs then you've got a day one patch and an update that you're waiting even longer for it to install like i I just want to play my game i I just want to play my like here's for example the new call of duty on play on ps5 your whole hard drive now if if you have anything that isn't an external hard drive added to the system that is your whole hard drive but but the, (laughs) the, the the day one patch the day one patch was 20 gigabytes. Right. Right. Yeah. That's and, like, a, yeah. that's more than an entire game being installed in the 360 and PS3 era. Oh, that's more than five games. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Yeah. I think Bobby, that's a fantastic point is that is one of the worst things to come out of this last year, which and honestly, I you know don't what? I think that's going to change. No, that ties I into really your don't. point, Dan, of the developers forcing that always online mentality yeah because these most of these games are unplayable without the day one patch right yep exactly the day day one patch is just their way of saying oh well we need to get the game gold by this date but then we still have another six weeks to finish up all the here's so here's here's the other side of that coin though here's the positive side of the last generation um there are some games that come out and they don't have these massive patches or massive updates or anything like that. They'll come out. There's maybe a little bit of an update as most games probably have now. Um, But the response from people is, God, this game sucks. What did I spend my money on? And there's huge backlash about it from massive fans who are wanting it to be better. And what does the studio do? They make a decision, either A, nope, this is the game, we're done, moving on to the next thing, or as many studios are starting to do who are looking at their properties as as investments to keep people playing, if you want to keep people playing your game and providing new content, you need to keep those people there. The only way to do that is to listen to them, put out updates that make the game better. One of the best examples of that over the last console generation um, would be, I would have to say, Tom Clancy's uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, as well as... um, I mean, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Star Wars Battlefront 2, definitely a much better game now. They changed their entire... Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima, okay. More hours in that free online DLC stuff, the whole co-op campaign thing. More time right. in that than the actual or, Think, for example, the, the release of Rainbow Six Siege, right? Yeah. That came out. It was bargain bin $15 within the first six months because it sucked. It Everybody did. hated it, right? It did. Then they started releasing update after update after update and patch Changed after patch after completely. patch. And 
radically changed the value of the game itself to the point where even it was it, it's like they pulled it out of the bargain bin and now you are finding physical copies digital copies 40 bucks minimum right because it's a massive game that is significantly better than it was when it came out yeah so so that's the other side of that coin right like yeah the the launch day one patch sucks i do hate that and there's some laziness on the studio's part sometimes that is a reasoning behind it but the other side of it is sometimes they do put a lot of effort into a game and they do think it's going to be good and it turns out people hate it and yeah. it gives them an opportunity to make it better and that, breakpoint oh. is a great in my mind in the last year the one game that i saw go from absolutely atrocious to fantastic was was breakpoint that was the one for me what about downloadable content? You know, you get a bare bones game, but to fully get the use out of it, you got to download the extra levels. You thought, okay, I thought I was going to get XYZ, but now I have to dish out an additional 15 bucks to get these levels or to get this, to get the, to get the sword of Babylon. I'm making up something. And I'm probably, uh, I will say the beginning of last generation, I feel like, was really bad with that. It was really bad with kind of that half-game DLC for the rest. Mm -hmm. Whereas now, I think games have kind of transitioned to a full game, but then a bunch of just extra kind of sprinklings of DLC. Right. The like major, just, the major content, especially when we're talking about games as a service mm -hmm. and we're talking about multiplayer stuff. Um, the main core content is being released for free as an update to everybody now for most games yeah. as a service. Yeah. I, I will say that. And there'll be like little downloading. Yeah. Um, that yeah. definitely was an improvement over the last, over the past generation. Um, and well, yeah. and here's the other side of it too. Okay. So if we're talking single player stuff, usually that's where you get the, Hey, this DLC with this expansion of the story, yeah. this expansion of the characters, new people to play as, or go through the game as, um, I get that. And to be honest, I'm okay with that still because the price of games is still 60. Now it's looking like it's finally going up to $70, which is nowhere near keeping up with inflation still. So yeah. these companies, if yeah. you want to get the full game and everything, they need to find ways to be able to make revenue. And if it's a single player game that doesn't have multiplayer components with free updates and microtransactions that are totally optional, uh, they've got to find a way to make more money in order to continue making revenue off of these games because we're demanding that they don't go beyond 60, 70 bucks on launch day. Well, that's not really in keeping with it's not real price of a full game. It's not real. The price of video games has been $60 for over a decade. Right. Exactly. And exactly. so I, that's why like you hear a lot, you have a lot of people who've been kind of getting mad at games going up to $70 and it's like, realistically, I'm games, not mad one bit. Games should have went up to $70 seven years ago when the PS4 yeah. and Xbox one a came out. A full game now keeping up with inflation should be over a hundred bucks. Yeah, it really so should. If you're adding all the DLC together and you're getting the whole game in its entirety. I mean, great example, the new um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, right? The new yeah. Watch Dogs Legion came out. If you want the full, complete, ultra, whatever, super duper mega version, 
It's a hundred bucks. It's a hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Usually you've got your sixty or seven, your sixty dollar version, your seventy or eighty dollar digital edition that gives you a couple extra skins, and then you've got your hundred dollar ultimate edition right. that is going to give you the next six months of DLC included. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But it games. It's looking at games as a service now. Right. As a long term service that they want people staying connected with. Which that's another reason why games are becoming bigger and bigger file sizes because they want to be the only game you have installed on your system. (laughs) Right. (laughs) For sure. I want to share uh, two things also from last gen that um, definitely were also a little bit of down points. Um, Speaking on Bobby's point about, you know, like, like not getting like the full experience or whatnot. So that's kind of like a financial, like, like just stress. And, but I think, I honestly forgot until looking back, the last gen games came out during the recession. And mm. that was that was a really kind of like uncomfortable financial time. <laughs> yeah. And then on top of that, I'm grateful it, they didn't re increase the cost of games at that point. Yeah. Like like <laughs> I'm just like about anything. I'm just looking back and it's like it's <laughs> it's so weird that the last gen was during a troubling financial time in the country and now the next gen is starting. On such a troubling health time in the yeah. country, so it's like, um, it's kind of just like really, really bad luck. But it's interesting to see that, like, I think this time around they're a lot more sensitive. I think because last time they released in the recession, and now this time they're releasing they're releasing during COVID. But like Xbox, for example, if you pay thirty five dollars a month, maybe you can't drop down six seven hundred dollars for a new game and all this stuff. Do you have $20, $30 every single month? Because then you can still get the, the newest games. You can get game, uh, game pads. You can get online, way more affordable during this troubling time so you don't have to miss out and wait three, four years. Right. Like kind of that, that, Alberto, I think is an excellent point that you're making. Like that is the side of the future and current generation that I think Sony's really going to have to up their game because the market right now is prime for that kind of budget. Well, they did gaming. They you know? did say recently there was an interview. I forget which Sony executive it was, but he did say that they have an a kind of response to Xbox Game Pass. Okay, and yeah. they are they are in the finalizing. That's stages good. Of I'm very glad. I didn't it. I didn't know that, but I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah. because, because PlayStation, the, the PlayStation now is not, it's nice. I actually just recently, um, got the like years subscription to it because there was like a couple games on there that I okay. wanted to try because it was $60 for a full year. And so I was like, okay, $60 for a year. Even if I, even if there's three games on there that I play, that's 60 bucks for a year is a solid price for that. I mean, yeah. that's. Yeah, it's got and it's really got a, it's got a, it's, it's got a decent amount of retro games on there too. Like one of the big reasons that I got it was because um, Lexi wanted to play Crazy Taxi. Okay, and so that's on there. There you go. And and so yeah. and there and there was a couple other games that I had wanted to try to play that I saw were on there, and these were games that were full price sixty dollars games, and I was but, like, I don't think I want to pay sixty dollars oh, for it. Good lord, hang on, hang on a sec. Hi, he's venting. He's venting. He's venting. Hi, hi, Andrew. Okay, everyone, say hi to my brother Andrew. Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Nintendo. 
Although someone already took that on YouTube. There's That's a Nintendo really already. There's an Nintendo. You would have to wear glasses and gel your hair a lot. Yeah, a lot. A lot. <laughs> um, we're we're talking about. Well, I don't even know what we're talking about now. You totally disrupted my train of thought for oh, you just right. showing uh, up. You weren't even talking. I wasn't. You interrupted <laughs> Christian, dude. Yeah, you interrupted me. <laughs> Let me turn this light on. You keep. Yeah, going. I, I voted like for you in the shadow right now. I don't know. Yeah, hold on. The shadow knows. Um, um, anyways, Christian. I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, we're also, talking about PlayStation's response to oh, yeah. the Game Pass. Yeah, so I would really be excited to see that. And I personally would find myself probably signing up to be a part of yeah. that. I really would. And a big part of that, to Alberto's point, I think, is because with the price of games going up to $70 a piece... Yeah. And the cost you're of these much, new systems is like 500 a piece or 300, you know, yeah. like you're much less people, likely to say, oh, let me this game looks kind of cool. Let me give it a try. Right. For, so you're not going to buy a game you're not sold on for $70. exactly. And here's and here's the thing, like I'll Microsoft that, really. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Bobby. No, I'll speak to that. So I bought I'm Apple. Apple finally got smart and they made an all in one subscription for right. all their services. Okay. So now I now have access to Apple Arcade. There's okay. like a thousand games on it. I don't know if I like the game. I'm going to download it. I'm going to try it out. And if I don't like it, I'm going to delete it. And I'm going to download the yeah. next game. Right. But you'd right. be you would be much less likely to try exactly. that game if it was $15 a game or $20 exactly. a game. Exactly. Yes, like, exactly. And in this era of, okay, a lot of people are at home, yeah. whether it's because they lost their job or they're working from home. Right. Um, and... So playing video games, an, an activity to pass the time on at home, right? In addition to staying connected online with people is right. like feeding into the online gameplay. In addition to the fact that people like the economy is tanking, people are losing their jobs. So they don't have all this money to dish out for these games or to dish out for these new systems, right? Yeah. Microsoft kind of rolled the dice and got lucky for this window of time being able to say, hey, you can drop $35 and download the app on your phone. And if you got decent enough internet, you can play all of our brand new games. I like, will that's, say on a budget, that is super attractive, you know? I will say I do think that if Microsoft had had one big name game to drop like around this time to get people to say, Holy crap. That's on Xbox Game Pass? Fallout 6, right? Like something, something like that. Yeah, but like right. something to get like like for example, if Halo hadn't gotten pushed back. And if they had said, "You can play the new Halo game as part of Xbox Game Pass in addition to all this other stuff." Yeah. I think it would it would have been that thing that would have gotten so many more people. To yeah, do it because well, here's the thing they've already said that like the new Halo coming out is going to be day one, right? On but I'm Game saying Pass, I think they I, pushed I'm it tagging back. onto what yeah. you're saying, whereas like this this time frame is such Strike a weird while the iron's hot, right? Yeah. It's such a it's such a unique time. Yeah, there's people are sure. this, like Alberto kind of said, it, it, the last generation kind of pushed through a recession. This generation is going to have to try to push through COVID, yeah, because you've got games that are being pushed back. You've got it, we're honestly we are lucky the consoles got released this year 
I think so too. Dude. We really, really, really are. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's why when people are saying And the fact that anybody can get them at all. <laughs> right. Well, that's why when people are saying, Oh, <laughs> yeah. there's this problem, this problem. It's like, okay, you know what you're signing up for. It's a it's a massive a day multi- one release console. It's you're a not... massive multi-million and billion dollar endeavor that took place probably 75% remote. Yeah. Over the last year. Like that's ridiculous. And so that's why when pe- you have all these people who are like, like trash talking, like, um, like cyberpunk being delayed again. And it's like, we're lucky these games Is, aren't just being delayed indefinitely. Yep. Right. Like the fact that we're even getting so, we got so many good games this year. Mm-hmm. This is like, granted, I can't speak for Xbox. I haven't don't I haven't been keeping track of it. This launch window of games for the PlayStation 5 is so much stronger than the PS4, which is ridiculous considering that we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. And that so many of these games were able to be put out at launch is crazy. Yeah. Bobby, what what were you going to say? Oh, I'm Sorry, I was doing a little research on the X Pass about coming um about the surge and Christian, you were talking about how PlayStation is upping up their game, correct? Yeah, they, they supposedly I forget who it was now. I'll do some research while you're talking. Somebody, one of the executives had said that they were working on a kind of PlayStation version of it. So I'm gonna do right. some research if I can find that way. That makes me really excited, so, Christian. I'm really glad to hear this. I'm a Apple geek. Um, and I'm just reading this from Apple Insider, and I'm going to read this verbatim from their website if my web- <clears throat> my browser is running kind of slow. And it said, Microsoft told employees it plans to release a browser-based app for the Xbox Game Pass streaming service next year, 2021, that will get around Apple App Store rules. Wow. So it absolutely end up on iOS. So right now, so the big thing is Apple... Um, that's the big likes hang to up take right a share now. of their cut. That's a yep. big cut. So, yep. um, if they can bypass the app store and just put it on a on the Safari browser, that way you can get the Xbox Pass. That's on huge. your browser on your ta- on your ta- on on any tablets. Yeah, so that's big right now, and we'll <sighs> see what Apple and Apple hasn't commented on that. That article as a was as of October 9th. Okay. So you can see it's starting to get very competitive. <laughs> the the streaming the the video game streaming wars. Oh yeah, for sure. So I found the article. Okay. So it's Sony CEO Jim Ryan was doing an interview, and this article is coming from Gamespot, and he says that they don't have an announcement currently planned, but there is news to come on what they're their plan to to compete with xbox game pass is he says we do currently have playstation now and that is that is available in a number of markets playstation now is primarily meant for meant for streaming whereas certain game whereas xbox game pass is a variety of download and streaming playstation now does have a handful of games that are available to be straight downloaded to your system but so over the last couple of years they've been kind of trying to twist PlayStation Now to match Xbox Game Pass. They dropped the monthly price down to $10 to yeah, match it. I, I saw that. Um, too, and then yeah. they they added the, with the launch of the PlayStation 5, they made the PlayStation Plus Collection, which is like 14 PlayStation 4 games that are available for free with your PlayStation okay. Plus subscription. 
and it's some good games it's like God of War, Days Gone, Ratchet and Clank, like a bunch yeah. of pretty good PlayStation Four. Last games. of Us. Last of Us, yeah. And so, he, <clears> so, <throat> so, so, so he continued in this interview, and he said, "The great first-party <laughs> IPs are all there. The great partner titles. If you're new to PlayStation, or if you didn't have a PlayStation Four, but you're getting a PlayStation Five, and you're taking a PlayStation Plus subscription, you're getting a bunch of PlayStation Four for for free, essentially, with the subscription." Okay. He did emphasize that they will not be trying to emulate certain parts of the Xbox Game Pass strategy. We are not going to go down the road of putting new release titles into a subscription model. These Ooh. games cost these games cost hundreds of millions of dollars Ooh. to develop. We don't see that as sustainable, which I personally agree with. And we talked oh. about this. We talked about this in that next generation episode. Are they okay? Yeah, are they? Wait, wait, are wait, they yeah. going? I was going to be... say also. Um, I hope this this particular point doesn't go on for like 45 minutes though because yeah because i yeah, definitely yeah. still want to talk about like everything else but yeah we should wrap this portion up but yeah, yeah. yeah. uh did you have something you were going to say alberto or no or no that was no, it? no, okay. no well well the only other thing i was going to say is that i your facial expression i was doing that and i was doing hmm at the same time so i yeah I so okay so but here's the deal christian i think my guess is that they're not going the same route that Microsoft is with regard to the X Cloud gaming, though, right? Like download the app and play it wherever you want. I, for I, I, a I bet that's the aspect they're gonna do. They're gonna try to do that part of it, especially with the fact that they've given up on the trying to have make up of the you know the PSP. I, I I think here's the thing. We've talked about this where Sony's focus is on selling their consoles based on those first party games and that right. sort of stuff. So they're not going to put that into the subscription model because they don't want you to be able to play those anywhere. They don't want you to be able to pay $10 to get all five of the newest games. They want you to have they to buy those games. They want to buy their console. Right. Yeah. Which, makes Which is why I think a lot, if that's the case, so I that, think, makes, that makes that aspect of gaming, like the stream gaming, much more attractive with Xbox than it would for if PlayStation Xbox, for new people. If, if Xbox has the games to keep drawing people. Right. Because here's the thing, and that's why I think I think that Sony with their I'm hoping, this is me hoping, that what Sony's finally gonna do with this streaming service is give us the backwards compatibility that we that Sony has ignored for two generations. They're gonna use this streaming service as a way to say You've been asking to play PlayStation 2 games, PlayStation 1 games, PlayStation 3 games on your PlayStation 5. Here's how you can do that. And not only can you do that on your PlayStation 5, you can do that on this, 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 and this. And that's what I think they're going to try to copy the Game Pass strategy. Maybe. again, They're still going to make you pay for it, though. They are. Of course they are. As opposed to Microsoft going, hey... If you have your old original Xbox disc, just stick it in and it'll work. You know? I, I agree with the fact that now I don't think that is sustainable to, to release all of your biggest games for $10 a month. I don't think that's sustainable. I think I think it's totally a genius move, but we can disagree. Agree yeah. or disagree. Yeah. Um, moving, moving on, Andrew, is there anything before we move into what we love oh, about this past console generation is there anything in particular that you were very very disappointed by besides the entire wii u oh man it's not wasn't <laughs> even the entire wii u the wii u itself or just oh, the launch of the um, wii u which was we already um, talked about the 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 mess yeah, that microsoft had 
But dude, yeah. you didn't talk I also about got a question the Wii U for, launch, which I got a question for Andrew because uh, I think like two weeks ago he brought up something. Um, I can't remember what, what what episode it was, but Andrew brought up about like Tony Hawk, and I, I've been wondering, uh, did you end up getting Tony Hawk Pro Skater Five any time during the last no. generation? No, I oh. didn't. Um, I hear it was terrible. five. Yeah, yeah. I hear five was terrible. It was the game so that atrocious. it was the game that made the Chicago-based um, company just honestly go bankrupt, and I feel yeah. so upset and sad. I hear it was that. I hear it was terrible. Um, yep. There was like the same button for was it grinding was also the same. Yeah, button for it was that stomping, slam, slamming, yeah. and it just like threw off your whole flow of skating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the Wii U. I bought it probably two or three years into it. Uh, the biggest reason why I wanted to buy a Wii U is because Super Smash Brothers for Wii U. Um, <laughs> I actually used to work at a group home, and I convinced the group home to buy a Wii U for the home. <laughs> and after all the residents went to bed, me and all the staff members just like seriously <laughs> we probably put over 200 hours in the whole time that i worked there into just playing super smash brothers that's like, amazing it was the best job ever it was so great um and then i'd come home and my wife would be like you played video games at work all day didn't you <laughs> lucky um, so things that i didn't like we're talking about yeah yeah i just okay. disappointment yeah, I mean, I'm disappointed. Stuff that was like that, total, um, total failure bomb. Yeah, I mean, obviously yeah. the Wii U was a failure, and it's what it's like. The Switch is like rising from the ashes of what yeah. the Wii U is. Um, yeah, I'm really disappointed that they didn't actually utilize this technology more. And for the people listening through the podcast, this is just the gamepad. I mean, there's like four or five games that like really utilized it. And when they did it, it was super cool. Like some of the best memories that I have are playing a game like Nintendo Land. Um, has anyone played that? Mm-hmm. Is that yes. what happened on the Game Master? It's like it's like a it, it's a big party game, multiplayer party game party that, game. It's that incorporates like all yeah. those random elements of all the major Nintendo properties into yeah. one massive game. So there's like one of the, there's multiple games that you can play where like one player plays on the gamepad and then everyone else plays with a Wii controller on the TV. And so the guy on the gamepad is like one of the games is you're Mario and you're running away from toads. Another one is you're um, a ghost in Luigi's mansion and everyone else is like a Luigi type character. And you as the ghost can see everyone, but the people on the screen can't see you unless if they like shine their light on you. Um, and like, I just wish that they would have gone so much. They, they would have like really dove into the technology that they made, um, which is just is that. So is that on Nintendo, though, or is that more on the developers of all the other games besides well, their own? I mean, I'm talking even properties. like Nintendo's first party properties. OK, there are very few games that like it was it, it was like at first it was like you can do all of this cool other stuff on here that like incorporates with the game and then it very quickly became like you can play it on here and that was right 
that was it. You know. Well, I remember. I I don't remember what game it was, but one of the game's like big selling point was like you can manage your inventory on the gamepad. Which is Zelda. It it is cool. It is really nice to be able to just have your screen like completely clear and like when you want to pull something up, it's really easy to do on here. Yeah. Um, it's cool, but like, it's not worth all of the technology that they created for this. Yeah. So. Like I, will, I will say this as someone who as someone who's more used to the Xbox PlayStation controller and then eventually finally after the console was already dead got a Wii U which is the best um, time to buy it so. and the games that utilize the Wii U gamepad it was so awkward to get used yeah. to those controls sure especially after you're used to just like a regular controller, regular game controller, you know, like the motion control in addition to the joystick, like learning how to play um, Splatoon, uh, Splatoon, for example, or learning how to play Star Fox, the the remastery kind of re-release of the N64 version, like playing that with a gamepad, especially Star Fox. I was like, is there no other way for me to play this without? Nope. Like it's motion control and that's it. Yeah, and it's the default really and you have to. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to play it with the freaking motion control. Like right. I, I don't I really, like my daughter control. on the other hand, yeah, that's her first go-to because it mm-hmm. just naturally makes sense. But me programmed into using joysticks on a right. game controller, I don't want to use a joystick. You're also yeah. programmed into inverted. So that makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. The yeah. right way exactly. to play. Exactly. Uh-huh. Like it's all in there and I'm not going to change it. So, yeah. So I think my biggest disappointment was just, uh, the first system that I got. I have all three of last generation now, but the first one I got was the Wii U. And I was just like the total, you know, fanboy. I'll admit it. Uh, and I was just like, no, guys, just hold out. They're going to create so many great games for this system. Yep. Yep. And like, Every first party game that came out is awesome. Like I except for like Amiibo Festival, like uh Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival, <laughs> that game is trash. But like literally the majority of first party games that came out are just amazing. Like they are family friendly, which I have twin boys that are nine. So like all of these types of games are like games that we can play. Like their favorite system yeah. is the Wii U. And so um there's a lot of great games. It's just I wish they would have used utilized the technology more. Yeah. A question for you, Andrew, because me and Dan touched on this briefly before you got here. Mm-hmm. We kind of came to the agreement. Nintendo is arguably the best out of the three major companies at releasing a game that yeah. doesn't really require much upkeep. Sure. But like they're major the, day one patches, but they're the worst and all that at, sort of thing. But they are the worst at providing upkeep and providing l- like length of life to their games. Okay, yeah, last generation for sure. Um, Nintendo's biggest thing, and I think it probably comes from Shigeru Miyamoto, is uh, I think it was him that said it's better to release a good game late than a bad game yeah 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 something along along to that like to rush a game and it'd be terrible like it's way better that's why like zelda breath of the wild which was supposed to be only a wii u game got extended all the way to the point where they're like well let's make this a switch game also and like whether you like the game or not you have to admit that like it's an incredible game and that's what people people forget 
You know? People forget that that game came out on the Wii U. Yeah, most and I played think it on the of, Wii U. Yeah, most people think of that game as an as like a Switch exclusive right. launch title. It, it was supposed to be a Wii U game. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I did say, not know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the Twilight Princess with GameCube and. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of what's happening with yeah. Cyberpunk right now. Right. Yeah. So I would say yes. Yeah. They're all about when it comes to their first party games. Like this needs to be good right when it comes out. Yeah. I think they don't yes, provide much. I would say yes, afterwards. they did not last. But this generation, like I don't play the game, but Animal Crossing. If you're an Animal Crossing fan, this is like your time That's because true. they are updating that game all the time. True. So yeah. So um, yes, I hope hopefully then they, yeah they're improving this generation. right. But like their online still sucks. Yeah, like, they're like stuck. <laughs> I said earlier they're stuck say. four. Yeah, their online's terrible. But like if you like uh, Smash Brothers, they are supporting that game like crazy. they've still got more content coming yeah. out for the yeah. game if you are like, a um, when it came out when when the when the smash bros for the switch came out yeah it already looked like they were throwing everything in the kitchen sink they were like, and then, what more are you going to put in this game yeah and now, like, adding stuff because maybe he's going to be or maybe he is already a player yeah. i don't know yeah. i kind of stopped just playing mine they just um, added minecraft minecraft Steve. yeah and there's still like, five more characters that are going to come out yeah it's um, crazy so anyway. i think that they're getting a lot better at like it's so funny how behind the times there are where they're like, oh, we can continually develop this game and like so imagine that after it's come out. Yeah. And yeah. So like last generation, like that was not a have you tried to use though. Nintendo voice chat? In for, like for the Smash Bros. Yes. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. It's like, the it's... most complicated process. Don't, well, do don't you it. have to use your app? Yes, yeah. an app, right? You have to use an app on yeah. your phone. If Daniel and I play on voice together, chat. we just call each other over yeah. Google voice. Yeah, like, or like Discord, like that. Yeah, biggest yeah. pain in the ass ever. Yeah, yeah, it's there are some things like I mean, even the Switch Pro controller doesn't have a headphone jack. No, and like right. half and the time the... I'm using the headphone jack is just so that when my boys are sleeping, I can still hear. Yeah, and it's not even for me to like talk to anyone online. It's just. I want to hear what's going on. Yeah, right. wasn't so. I used my? That's how I played the majority of my PS4 games was yeah. with my head was with my headphones plugged right. into the controller, so that yeah. it wasn't disturbing so, my wife or anything like so that. We got we're 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 coming down to about a half hour left of the show here. Um, I would say we should jump into what we're thankful for from the last what are we generation. Thankful for, and I think let's just skip the debate rapid fiery like yeah. Alberto. Yeah. We can start with you and just kind of work our way around. Um. If what, it's okay, what is it I, about this last generation that came out of it that you are the most thankful for and 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 maybe optimistic about for the future? Oh boy, um, I'll let the optimistic part go to you guys because um, I think you guys are probably going to like tackle like more of the home console stuff. But I will bring up I think probably one of my favorite things from last gen. Um, I was the same thing with with Andrew. My first console from last gen was Wii U. And I had that for quite some time until I picked up the Xbox One PS4. But despite the disappointment that I had from the Wii U, there was one system that I did manage to get a huge mileage on, and it was a 3DS. Um, I ended up getting a right. 3DS during college and walking in between classrooms and uh, or all my classes, sitting during lunch. It was the perfect 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 game to kind of just do it to keep up and i don't know how many hours i threw into zelda link between worlds uh pokemon x and y 
And the list just goes on and on because it was able to play your DS games. So I went back and I was playing like mm, older yeah. games as well. The yep. the eShop was really good. I was playing like Sega Gear games on there during my lunch breaks. I was playing NES games. I played Kirby. I played Warrior Woods. I played whatever I wanted to really play. And it was arguably one of my favorite things. So I guess one thing I'm really thankful for is that last gen still had a good chunk of backwards compatibility. Um, and I feel like Nintendo did pretty good, at least with their eShop. It's yet to be seen so far with the Switch. So if, if I had to choose something, maybe not optimistic, but something I'm definitely hoping for is that return of the eShop because it was a great way for me to mm. be able to try out these Game Gear games, these uh, Turbo Graphics games or whatever, these NES games that either A, are too expensive to pick up or B, um, I just wanted to try out and, hey, they cost only... Three ninety nine on the eShop. Yeah. yeah, I feel very, very, very uh, okay just having to drop down four dollars versus like if I walked into disc replay and they're like, "Oh, this game is you know loose cartridges forty five dollars." I'm like, "That's great. I'm never gonna buy this here." Then that's way too much money at that point. Yeah. Or if it's Earthbound and it's like three hundred dollars. Yeah, right. you can get exactly. Earthbound on the. <laughs> if you gotta I try think. and find the physical version, then yeah. good luck playing it ever. But that came out on the Wii U. For like seven bucks. Right? Yeah, I was gonna say my first introduction to Earthbound, for example, was was on the eShop. So I yeah. really do love that Nintendo was keeping up with that kind of stuff and really giving yeah. uh, their their users the ability to really just go in the time capsule, go back in time, and just have some fun with some old games yeah. from for such a low, low like barrier of entry. Yeah, Bobby, what about you, dude? I'm gonna have to go with more of a technical aspect. Yeah, that more fine. people can be a bro- can be their own broadcaster now, and there's so many a good broadcaster call. apps now because now excellent I'm starting, choice. I'm starting to look into broadcasting just stuff that I'm doing, and now there's just so many avenues, whether it's online or whether it's downloadable software, you can just be just because of the vi- because the video games. And anyone online, please quote me if I'm wrong. I just, it feels that the video game, the gamers opened up this avenue and then all these developers then poured their hearts and souls into it. And now anyone that wants to do anything online can stream, whether it comes to video games or documentaries, and it's an exploding new technologies and new ways to learn and new ways to uh, broadcast yourself. Yeah, an everyday user. Like the the last gen of gaming definitely pushed the content creation side of it and and shaped it to become a lot easier for people to just jump in and do it for themselves um, without needing a ton of stuff that costs insane amounts of dollars in order to do it. So, yeah, that's an excellent point. Very good one. Andrew, what about you, dude? Um, this is the first generation where during it I was able to own all three systems or all of the major systems. Yeah. Um, Nintendo, uh, Xbox, Sony is what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so that's really cool that like now I didn't get them all at the same time, uh, but I was able to experience, you know, everything that, cause I believe all three of them have great things to offer. Um, Nintendo just has the best, but <laughs> uh, 
I would say, so Daniel, you gave me your old Xbox one like two years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, before that I had an Xbox 360 and whenever we wanted to play online, if I'm being honest, getting connected on an Xbox 360 was just not great. Um, and it was, because you didn't know what the hell you were no, doing dude, at the time. Anytime we wanted to play Gears <laughs> That's of War exactly 3, why. Anytime we wanted to play Gears of War 3, it took like 45 minutes to actually get playing. Yep. Because um, somebody didn't know what the hell he was doing. No, because <laughs> now this generation, whenever we want to play online, it's just send an invite. It worked. Everything like everything worked. And so uh, I feel like this last generation, you and I were able to play online together a lot more. Um yeah, for sure. And so that was cool. So and then collaborative play. Got yeah, you. yeah, for sure. Um, I've only owned a PS4 for a year now because last year I got it at uh, Thanksgiving, and um, so Xbox when I play it, it's usually just because I'm playing online with Daniel or a couple other people. PS4 is my system for like first party or uh, single player games, and there's just a million amazing ones. And so, um, man, Last of Us, Last of Us 2, Days Gone, God of War, uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, dude, I've like either beaten almost all of those or, you know, at least had a taste of some of them. And like, they're That's crazy all been like incredible experiences that just in a year I've played like all of those games and I feel like they're all just top-notch incredible games mm. uh, and then this, this last generation uh, it was on all the systems but Shovel Knight that game there we go I still gotta give that one a whirl I finally got it on, on um, the Wii U I gotta dude get that, that game more. when I got it I got it on the Wii U and uh, I remember the first level that I beat or the, the first time I beat a boss or something like that. I remember like laughing like a giddy laugh because it felt so much like I am playing the games that I loved and labored over as a kid. Like it was, it's like the perfect marriage of like eight and 16 bit taking all of the good stuff of like that generation of games, which mm -hmm. Daniel and I grew up playing together a lot uh and it just felt like all of that is just like right back in my face again and i haven't experienced that since being a kid and so it just kind of brought me back to like being a kid again um so yeah that game i think is one of my favorite of this past generation cool so. christian what about you man i would say mine was something that as i was prepping for tonight i originally thought of as a downside but then the more i thought about it the more i realized that it was actually kind of a blessing in disguise almost and that was looking at the playstation 3 era there were so many franchises right and it was these games where you would get you know we got we got a, we got a, in the, the xbox 360 playstation 3 era we got a lot of full franchise like trilogies mm -hmm. and that sort of stuff whereas in this last generation we got so many unique games and so many yeah. original IPs. And so while, yes, there are 
like Alberta was kind of saying earlier, there's a lot of franchises that I miss and franchises that I wish would come back. But we got so many good games this last generation. Mm-hmm. Like Andrew was just kind of touching on. We got so many good single-player games. And it's crazy to think about the fact that coming from PlayStation 3 to PlayStation 4, we it was like a, how are, you, how are we going to top some of these games? And these games just came and came out and came out and just, it just they just kept coming. And so yeah. I would say I am thankful for the quality of games this last generation. And I, it's, it's interesting. This, is the, this last generation was the first generation that I did not own all three. Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft. So you're like the opposite of Andrew. Yeah, I actually didn't. I, I never owned a Wii U. And I've never owned an Xbox One. Now is a great time to get a Wii U because they're out, dirt PlayStation Four they are, was. They are both systems are dirt cheap. Yeah, they yeah. Really so, and the games are dirt cheap. Yeah, but so the PlayStation Four was the only console that I owned for the entire generation, except for the last. I got a Switch two years ago, I think. Okay. Um, and but so I would argue that's the beginning of the new new. Right. Time. Exactly. So. so yeah, but so but for for the majority of the last seven years. I was playing exclusively on a PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. And I. That explains a lot. I didn't feel like I missed anything. <laughs> it's, you didn't I'm feel like you missed thing. anything? No. Oh, dude. I don't, I, I, and I'm not saying this. Maybe because we were hanging out a lot and you were playing my Xbox. No, here's That's the thing. Probably... <laughs> here's the thing. I genuinely <laughs> do not feel like I missed a single like John, like generation defining game by not having an Xbox. I don't. Okay. What about like Breath of the Wild with the Nintendo? Is that because you got a Switch? You didn't feel? Okay, let's be honest. Breath of the Wild is just again. I their consider, version I consider, of every other open and RPG. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Ever. This is you're gonna you're you are gonna. I played four hours of Breath of the Wild. Sure. Five hours, maybe. It didn't. I, I know. I some, know. Yeah. I know so there many people, people that, that uh, like so it. many people have told me this game's amazing. The game's amazing. I, I couldn't get into it. I, it, if, I you've, if you've it. played Skyrim or Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn or, you know, like. Yeah. It, it, so for me, I feel, like, I, I feel like all of the games. You can't climb. <laughs> I feel like all of the games that defined this last generation were on PlayStation 4. Sure, yeah. man. Yeah. The one, the one thing that I do wish is I do wish we had gotten more of those big franchises. Like, well, new I, iteration. I, mean, I would I would agree with that side of it, Christian, as someone who also has a PlayStation 4. I wish there was... The majority of my gaming now is online multiplayer with other people. Yeah, like that's that's the time that I have. If I have yeah. time to play video games, I am using it to spend time playing with other people. Yeah, and that's why my PS4 sits there unused nearly all the time. Because if I'm playing a single player game, it's like okay, I need to be dedicated to this to see it all the way through and actually finish it. And I just do not have the time for that. That's, yeah, and you it's, know what? it's it's that whole age old like. 
and, and this is this is the case with anybody who has the kind of time or lack thereof that that I have in my life right now, whatever system you're playing it on, if you're playing a single player game and you play for a few hours and then you leave and you can't come back to it for like weeks. Yeah. You finally it's log so in and you're hard like, to pick what back the up. hell's going on again? Right. I can't so, remember yeah. what's happening. And what's especially right. And especially in the get, ass, right? Yeah, well, especially so, when you get those like those open world games. Right. Like, that's, exactly. That's one, that's and I'm like, what is this quest? And then you're in, and then you, you finally yeah. get on and there's a bajillion updates you gotta do first before yeah. you can actually play it. And so, so I would that, argue though, Daniel, that it's not that you don't have time. It's that oh, it's your exactly. priority is online because you my you know, priority is online because right. that's the way that i stay connected with during covid right. with the and people so I'm, not, that... I'm not saying that it's wrong that that's your priority i'm just saying i don't think it's that you don't have time because i feel like you play a lot on of video games not much in the last six to eight months but okay sure. i have my own just life schedule yeah. craziness reasons for that but over this last generation i think i think there's something to be sure. said about the earlier part of the console generation i was probably doing more single player games for sure yeah. towards the last half of it it's been multiplayer after multiplayer well, and after that's multiplayer. how i was so, before covid hit before right. covid there, hit yeah. I, that's how i was i was pretty much only playing like yeah multiplayer games right. online i didn't have to so that so that's where for me as someone who has both systems i wish there was more multiplayer exclusives on the ps4 that would make me dust the thing off a little more and play it more frequently um like for example resistance right not a single resistance game has come out this entire no. generation right yeah. like you were saying there are all these major franchises that had multiple iterations of it well and you um, look at like, even look at uncharted like they had right. four uncharted four sure but everything else was all last and gen uncharted and they four's just... multiplayer was horrible right compared so, to uncharted two and uncharted three's multiplayer which right. were fantastic but even even going not on the exclusive side of it you look at grand theft auto you look at elder scrolls you look at stuff like that grand theft auto sure it released kind of right around the time that this generation was starting it was kind of like what cyberpunk is going to be it was like released on last gen and this gen it was the yeah. top selling uh video game for both xbox and the playstation yeah yeah but, but i massive i brought in way more money than any major film ever yeah i don't consider it's that gigantic. game a this generation game to me i consider that a last generation game which is i know it's a disconnect in my brain that's I would say the single player game, sure, but the online. Yeah, no, online, one hundred percent. But like to me, GTA I, Five online. Oh yeah, that's definitely a last this past yeah, generation no, major. Yeah. Okay, but you look single at like player, Elder sure, maybe three sixty. Uh, it's been I, it's been nine years yeah. since yeah. Skyrim got released. And they're still they're still releasing. They're still milking it. They're still milking it. Still yeah. Milking it. <laughs> yeah. And we're probably still two to three years away from Elder Scrolls Six at least. So. Yeah, so so wrapping this up. Yeah, my you what you're thankful for. Yeah, my thankfulness thing is something that I think Andrew's going to be agitated by, uh, and it's something that I <laughs> never thought I would hear myself say. Stadia at all. Stadia. I am God. Stadia. No. <laughs> Stadia. Um. <laughs> all six people. I, a lot of Stadia. I am extremely thankful that. This past console generation finally caught up with where PC gamers were as far as digital games. 
mm. and and downloading games and making that become the primary way that I am playing video games. That doesn't bother digital me. digital games are significantly cheaper now than they used to be. They're on sale all the time. Um, and I used to love physical media. I used to like absolutely love having a disc physically that I owned and like, you know, displaying it and collecting them and all of that stuff. And now I'm like, you know, give me a massive hard drive and just install them all on there. And when, whenever I get the next Xbox, God knows I'm going to have a crap ton of stuff that's going to be downloaded on it because they're carrying all of that library that I've invested in over with it, including yeah. all of the games with gold and all the free titles that I've downloaded and all the insane sales that were available. Um, I never have a shortage of choices <laughs> compared to when I was a kid. It's almost like you have too many choices. Right. Yeah. And it, it's the exact opposite of growing up. Before, it was like you could buy three, maybe four games in your whole library. And that was it. You know, and you, and you um, could beat it in like 45 minutes and you had to be it again, <laughs> you know, like, but now I feel like the digital and streaming focus is really taking root in the console side of things. Um, and I'm really, really excited about where that is heading. Um, Cause that opens up a lot of really cool possibilities and that, that were never even remotely possible before and couldn't be possible with physical media at all. So, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't bother me at all, man. Honestly, I don't feel any value in collecting physical Xbox games, like Xbox One games. Right. Because literally, well, also PS4, maybe I have a little more value of it, but it's like the disc, from my understanding, is just like an access key to... Yep. Yeah, that's what Dan was saying earlier. Yeah, yeah. that's all they are. That's all they are. And I was I was online. It's funny. I'm, I'm online in a few other different gamer groups on Facebook, and this one question got thrown out in one of them um, about the PS5. Mm. Go, Digital or physical disc? Which one are you buying? Um, and it was like a the gamer group that I was in is gamers over 30. Mm. And it's hilarious watching everybody on there whine and complain about digital only mm. gaming. They're yeah. like, I, I, I definitely go disc because I like to actually own the game. Mm. And I'm like, you're an idiot. You realize physically all you're doing is owning the access key and then mm. sticking it on your shelf. For that's me, how you do it. For me, I went with the physical PlayStation 5 strictly oh, yeah. for one reason and one reason only. The, the option. Well, because the, I the feel, option of being able to trade it in and get a little bit of your money back. No, nope, no, nope, the option to choose whether I wanted a game, physical copy or digital. Well, because you can go to a pawn shop and a game that came out like six months ago, you can get it for like 12 bucks, but it's well, still or, or digitally like, well, like, $60. Right. Well, that's the thing. There are so many games that go on sale, physical versions that never go on sale, digital copies. I can't well, tell you how many games I've gotten on Black They do Friday. eventually. Unless no, they don't. No, they Nintendo, don't. But no, seriously. There story. are games that I have gotten for 30, 40 bucks on Black Fridays before that have never gone on sale digitally. Not and, saying that digital games don't go on sale because they do. No, they do. Mm. But but there are some. But I feel like it, it is much more frequent that I find a game on sale somewhere, physical, than it is where I'm scrolling through uh, the PlayStation Store and there's a massive like first party game that's super that's on sale. Case in point, I bought Resident Evil Two Remake on PS4 
for twelve dollars. Yeah. And I think digitally, the cheapest it probably has ever gotten is probably half off. Yeah. Which is still thirty bucks. Yeah, exactly. Really? I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you're just not I, catching them at the right time. On Xbox, yeah. the PS, the Resident Evil 2 remake was like 15 bucks. Yeah, like, I was going to say that. You know that. what? And maybe it might be a place. Right now, the three has like the deluxe library. version for 20 bucks. So, sure. Um, but like, yeah, either way, I just, it, anyways, I, I don't want to be forced into only using one for one form of media. I get that. I that think was, that was my thing. It wasn't, it wasn't about collecting or anything like that. It was just, purely having the choice which i think I, is, the, is the blessing about this upcoming generation is people are gonna have the choice to play games however and wherever they want yeah you know people I, are gonna the, be the able the digital side of it is just so i don't know that the possibilities are yeah no, I, I hear you I, I think so, that's and i'm grateful for that yeah, i really especially like, Bobby like with the 360 era extreme, and ps3 like it was some games required you to install the disc on your hard drive, but not all of them did. And some of them you could just play it right off the disc. Xbox One, PS4, it was like, nope, we're all installing these games now. Yeah. Um, and now it's like, hey, you don't even need to install it. We're just going to stream it to your device. Mm-hmm. Like that's the progression, and I've I've actually really appreciated that. So, yeah. Um, and I never um, thought I'd hear myself say that, which is kind of weird, but. Go ahead, Bobby. Uh, I have my, so my son turns two years old on Thanksgiving and we just took away all the gates. So now all my physical DVDs are now there for him to go at. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And my wife is like, why don't you just get rid of them? Because some of them are not available on all the service streaming services. There you go. Yep. And I'm like, I'm going to share these with him someday and I'm going to watch them with him. So I'm trying to hold on to him. And right, right. now he's going for, uh, and I'm sorry. I mean, I think it goes back to Christian, what you're saying, having that choice of still having that physical copy. I mean, yeah. I'm going digital. Yeah. All movies going forward are digital for me, yeah. but yeah. having that option for, you know, say like I own this movie you know, it's definitely a great, yeah. as long as it's, well, it's like, like, I don't remember the last time I bought a, a DVD. Right. Because no. most, because I, 2006. Well, like legitimately, like, I don't I remember like, the last time. Or a time. CD even, right? Like, yeah. when's the last I time I bought a CD? I haven't bought a How's CD in probably a decade. What it's was that, Alberto? I said that I feel really old in this conversation because I'm the same age as Christian. Are you buying but- CDs? I bought CDs like all the way up until quarantine happened. I still bought <laughs> CDs. Yeah, I. I mean, it has. What was the last CD you bought? I need to know. Um, I think it was the Foo Fighters CD. Um, You're it, not it just was streaming that off of uh, Spotify or something. Like... So, so me, it's like um, I still love physical media stuff, and I still like digital for sure i'm a mix of the two but like christian and bobby both are all saying it's just the option that's really nice and i would go to like goodwill like for example like every paycheck oh, totally. all, and all their cds are 99 cents yeah and you would find really good cds there so that's like true i would find like a lot of like you jazz know what i do with that rocks you know what i would do with that rip them and then sell them or something i, I would i would download them onto my computer upload them yep. to my google drive and play them on my phone like I'm not playing the CD is what I'm saying. Like I'm not the actual CD. I'm. You're I'm, not I'm carrying never... around a CD player in your pocket. Listening got, to it, I've got a massive 
thick binder of all these CDs I'm lugging yeah. around with it's me. Like you said, oh, well, yeah, it's no. like you said with the I have a six six uh, CD <laughs> changer in the back of my car that <laughs> right. I have to unload exactly. and before I leave. Yeah. And like you said, you got to pick switch. between people those six CDs. Aren't carrying, yeah. carrying around a case of CDs. Right. I got yeah. my mix case. I got my mix CD too. You're, you're yeah. plugging your aux cord on, into your phone in your car and blasting the music off there. Exactly. Most right. cars don't even have a CD player anymore. And that's where I was. I was actually optimistically surprised when PlayStation announced that they were going to have an all digital console released on launch day. Yeah, I was like, okay, they might not be totally clueless with where gaming is going. Like they're kind of, they kind of get it. Mm -hmm. Um, Switch, yeah, they're they're on board. I I think Alberto, you're absolutely right though. Like their eShop, their eStore needs some significant improvement. Um, I just want to know how but, is it possible that Nintendo is like literally a decade in the past with their online system? I just don't understand I, it. Yeah, I don't know either. I think, because, I think they took a step back, to be honest with you. I feel like they had a really, really good setup by the end of the lifespan for the Wii U. And then they went back to something that was ridiculously Like in the year 2020, simple. I shouldn't have to go through like six steps to voice chat with somebody yeah, yeah totally i agree that is you know one of the major downfalls to anywho me. um should we wrap this up yeah we're coming in at uh, almost two hours here so um i did uh, have i did have one like a, a kind of wrap up it's a good wrap up question i guess in my yeah opinion. yep let's go for and it. um bobby maybe you'll have kind of a, a different like perspective than necessarily a game but i guess what is your most memorable moment from this last generation of gaming? It can be a game. It can be mm. getting the console. It could be beating something. Like, what yeah. is the moment that, in your mind, defined this last generation? Batman Arkham Asylum, it came on what? PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 3? PlayStation 3. Okay, PlayStation so then 3, I owned... but they, I'll, I'll count it, though, because they have remastered versions of yeah. them. That yeah, are so I owned a PlayStation 3. That was my last PlayStation that okay. I owned. Okay. So I, I guess just playing through it and just that was the last game I bought. Okay. I physically it's bought it. It's a good it. game. It's a yes. good game. You know, the Batman and I think the the series out because I after that I I lost track. I couldn't play. I couldn't buy video games. Yeah. I play games on my phone. I shouldn't say I, I play games on my phone and I've got my Game Boy Advance and I'm playing Link to nice. the Past again and nice. uh, original Link. But I guess that's my my one memory is that, yeah. and I wish I could buy, you know, being an adult socks. And I it wish does. I could. No, you know what? And, and, and everybody's <laughs> in a different position. And, I, I that was, wish that was the one thing we posted this past week was like the worst video game ever, adulting. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the I worst game out. ever. I I wish I was playing Breath of the Wild because yeah. I have such a tie to that uh, to that franchise, and every yeah. time I hear. Yep, totally, dude. Alberto, what about you? Uh, maybe not specifically like a game or a yeah. console, but um, I it's been it's been several years since, and I know I've already brought up like several times in, in this episode. But um, working at GameStop, I worked at it during the last gen, and I worked uh, through it. Like I, I think my last month was actually a month after the Switch launch. And so, so it, so it really was all the way to the very end of the generation and just working through there over like the years during college and just really seeing like the trends just kind of happening. Like I remember when 
pop figures were first coming out and then San mm. Diego pops first started getting like super, super rare and people wanted to get chase versions, the rise of Amiibos and Skylanders. I remember getting marketing kits and they would say, you need to shrink the Vita wall even more. And then I told my manager, I'm like, it's, <laughs> it's two shelves that are like three feet long. How much more smaller can this section get? It's literally two stacks of games. And um, and Vita cases didn't take up a lot of space. No, yeah, no, they did not. So, <laughs> they so, definitely did not. So I think definitely my most memorable thing is just watching the trends happen, watching like the huge decline of like Assassin's Creed and uh, Call of Duty, mm. like the real fatigue. I remember doing every midnight launch and it got more and more empty. Mm. And it was just so weird to see. And then right before I left, Call of right. Duty started doing that small upswing and so did Assassin's Creed. So like the crowds are getting a little bit bigger all over again. But I remember working there also when No Man's Sky came out. And the next day after everyone really hated it, I was called a They're lot of names. Back. <laughs> and I was called so you? many names. Yeah, you I was personally. I was called so many names. I was yelled at. Why? I, because because it, it was a, it turned into a forty dollar trade and probably at most. I I get it. But why, why are the customers yelling at the poor well, kid at GameStop that had nothing to do with the game? Have you Every, met human beings? Everybody was know. upset at me because like uh, our like name. You sold me this. You know the better. Whole, the whole company sold out of physical copies. And I remember digital gaming was starting to get bigger, so we offered digital games. They go home, not even twenty four hours later, they come back says. This is absolute garbage. I want my money back. And I'm like, well, I can't because it's a digital copy. It's a digital code and you use it. And I can't give you money. And mm. uh, just like the real rise of digital gaming as well, like it started to become much more common. And just like you no longer can't just try a game and return it anymore. It's like, that's it. This is a permanent marker swipe. If you like it or don't like it, it's in your email and your account forever yeah. and you just have to well, my, i think they're coming around to that microsoft for sure and i, I think sony so. is a little yeah. i don't know if sony's on that train sony has a not, horrible but, digital their um, digital their microsoft's digital got like a return policy for yeah. for some of their digital library now they, yes. they should I mean, sony's digital yeah. policy is if you buy the game and don't start it you can return it within i think 48 hours hmm. So, so it's like buy it it's like, and you don't so it's see like if you ax, it's like accidental it. purchases basically. Oh, gotcha. oh okay. that makes sense. But, I guess that yeah. makes sense. But yeah, but long story okay. short, I just, just the most memorable thing was just just watching the last generation and the peak of it and the declines of it, the highs and lows, and just kind of being a part of it. Even though GameStop as a company kind of is poo poo, but the experience itself is uh, is awesome. Such a look back retrospectively. Okay. Andrew. Yeah. Uh, so man, yeah, last generation I definitely played the Wii U the most. Um, it's a, a system that I had the longest of the last generation. So I think uh, hosting a birthday party and having eight-player Smash, which was like <laughs> the first Smash Brothers game that allowed that. Yeah. Um, uh, granted, it's too many people playing. It's just chaos. <laughs> um, yeah, the game's was, nuts enough as it is with four yeah, people. But it, was, but it was a blast to like have eight people in my tiny living room of my apartment at the time that mm. we were living, uh, and everyone was hanging out, just having a blast, like playing Smash Brothers. And it it's like a game that not a lot of people even there knew how to play, but they were just like, "Let's go for it," you know. It was cool. Um, yeah, man, that uh, even though it was like a very small amount of games compared to all the other systems, just um, 
every time I bought a new Wii U game and that it was like a great experience for me. Um, Cause that was the time where I definitely didn't have a lot of money to be able to buy games. And mm-hmm. so my kids were like <clears throat> two, three years old and I didn't have a whole lot of time or a whole lot of money to be able to invest. So it was like, it was an investment when I bought a game um, where now it's like a lot easier to just, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's, just, it's so much easier to buy games now. Um, but yeah, so just the investment of that. And then Nintendo land, Nintendo land was a huge like party game that even for Christmas, a um, couple of years, we would like our sister who hates video games was like, can we play this game? I want to play this game. Like she was all in for it. So just, uh, I feel like the Wii U out of any of the systems of the last generation, like brought people together in my family or in my household. So, yeah. Christian, do you want to go or? Yeah, I'll go. Okay. Um, for me, I would say it was just being able to connect online with so many people. And I had so many different friends that I had made on like kind of the tail end of the PlayStation three era and just being able, just the memories from the PlayStation four era of all sorts of different games, Call of Duty, Fortnite, you know, all sorts of these different games and the memories being made with people who most people, most normal people would say, Oh, why are you friends with them? You've never met them in real life. You have no idea who they are. (laughs) Right. But it's like some of the best friendships that I have are people who I've never met in real life, but I've played for seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years with online. Yeah. And it, so it's just those, I think those friendships and those memories of experience of experiencing games for the first time yeah. is kind of my, my, my best memory of that. And it's something that I'm hoping I, I, I look forward to, continuing to experience with the, with the PlayStation 5 and maybe an Xbox Series X down the line, who depending on Bethesda. <laughs> uh, I, I think it'd just be awesome to have both systems. I mean, that, yeah. it's the, yeah. Um, all right, for me, uh, wrapping it up real quick, I would say if I were to pick a game, this is going to be kind of weird and random, but um, I've got really, really awesome, positive memories um, grinding through 100% completion on uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands. Uh, when it came out, that game sucked, and it got <laughs> radically better um, and reached a point of, like, like me, and I, I don't know if he's listening, but um, my friend Pete uh, and uh, John and another friend Brian, like we squatted up on that game so many times and got a hundred percent completion on every aspect of it. Um, and it was just such a good game to be able to work cooperatively together, uh, strategically and, and just to see all these new missions come out, take on the predator, right? Like just pretty cool components. And then all these other Tom Clancy, um, uh, major franchises made their own tie-ins with it, whether it was um, uh, Sam Fisher with Splinter Cell or whether it was Rainbow Six or whether it was um, even The Division. Like, there's just really cool tie-ins. So so that was a lot of fun. But 
outside of any specific game, um, I would say the thing that I have loved the most is probably being able to watch Microsoft rise out of the ashes to be a trend leader and trend setter for the industry uh, after having such a sucky start. Um, and, and just, I don't know. I'm, I'm really, I'm glad to be able to be proud of being an Xbox person right now and have that not be something I have to work nearly as hard to defend as I did seven years ago. <laughs> so anyways, it's very like Dan that even to the end of the episode, he remains the, the ultimate <laughs> Xbox fanboy. Of course. My favorite course. memory is that Xbox exists. Mm. Yep. Yep. Dan's goal in be... life is to get sponsored by Xbox, just as a person, hey, not hey, for not for I'm, anything. I'm, I'm wearing Xbox socks right now. Oh like God. they All take. Right. Me and on that note, so. everybody have a great <laughs> week. <laughs> have a great week. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and yes. uh, we will, we will catch you all on the next on the next episode. So. Take care, guys. Awesome. Have a good night, guys.